goodness. I've been enjoying sitting in the Seiza chair. Like I'm just I'm like literally I go right outside the front door. I have a, a laptop stand and I sit in the Seiza chair and I just work. Mm. And then I remove it. I'm just sitting on the ground working. It Getting feels some great. sunlight. Yep. Feels great. Yeah. Um, Ryan had come into the office and uh, he's like, oh, what's that? He's seen you know, the go to Seiza chair. Mm-hmm. And he's like, How do you? and I showed him and he sat and he's like, Oh, this is really comfortable. Yeah. It's deceptively extremely comfortable to sit mm-hmm. in Seiza, especially with the chair. Yeah. Without it, I'm still working on it, but it's really nice. Yeah. And the cool thing is like you can, so my setup is I'm sitting in the Seiza chair and I have a thing for my laptop. But if you don't have something like that, you could sit in the chair and then you can take the chair and sit on the ground and then the chair can be used as a laptop stand. Or oh. the, yeah, that's what I did the other day because I didn't have something else. Mm-hmm. But that chair is such everyone needs one of those things they're cheap too yeah are we are we are we yeah going? we've been rolling oh a little sick bit, yeah um but yeah we have no code for the go to seize no, chair but just go get yourself a, a go to or a well yeah go to seize a chair but just like any seize a chair yeah if you think us if you look on amazon ooh, dude, this smells over. good mm-hmm. you open the packaging and you smell caramel nice yeah we got uh some this is the way vanilla protein powder we got some coffee Andrew, have you opened yours yet? No, no. I, I just, I didn't know we were getting that new hotness. I, I, I'm going to dump I my, a, try dumping your coffee in the vanilla first and, and then taste it. And then you can add the, the uh, salted caramel later. Let's go. Do I need, you think, you think it's going to mix well? Do I oh, it's going to mix balls? fine. Just, all right. Nah, you don't need any balls. Or do I? <laughs> <laughs> you don't need any balls. Bro, With that trend dick you got going on? You don't need any balls. <laughs> Where we're going, wait, we don't need wait, balls. Wait, what? What is trend dick? It just makes your dick not work. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I thought it was... I th- yeah, I thought it? it was the. I thought it was just like you just always running oh, around rock hard. Be, oh, that'd be. I'd be on trend all the time. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, dude, like, Marcus just always pitching a tent. I'm not sure what's going on That's around great. here. Oh, it does mix well. Trend okay, dick. there we go. Mm-hmm. Shake, shake, shake. You, know, you know what's so dope? I, I have the sickest setup right now. I have the coffee, right? I, oh, this is the way good. vanilla and coffee. I have some fucking legendary <laughs> brown <laughs> sugar. Pastry. I can just yeah. like, ooh, this is about to be a fucking... Having a party. Yeah, yeah it smells good. All right, I'm going to mix this in. Bruh. Jesus. Pretty damn good, eh? I see what you're talking about. I, you're, you're leaving them hanging. <laughs> That's okay. Mm. Yes. I, Ooh, I can. <laughs> Let's go. Uh-oh. <laughs> there you go. Oh, these uh, little mason jars we got are pretty sick. Those are cool. All right, let's try mixing a little. So you said I shouldn't do the whole packet of the electrolyte. I should just put like half of it. Yeah, just try half of it first. See what happens. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> that's that's more than half. This wait. I did about half. Oh, shit. (laughs) You did the whole thing. I'm like, what are you doing? I thought it was about to be half. My bad. I was like, damn, how much is in there? This is like we're in one sip territory, Mm. you know? You have have a little bit more coffee than I do, so that that, that might be fine. I will try that tomorrow morning. Yeah, Too much coffee for me today already. No, come on, I had had a cup. Are you mixing? You have some water over there or no? Well, I was just explaining. I I mixed the the original one, so the blueberry blueberry lemon. Mm. So I have a full thing of that right now. Oh. So I I didn't know we were going to get the new, new new stuff. Oh. Do you want to try the vanilla with some water? I can do that. Yeah. But I really want coffee with it, though. It's really good with coffee, dude. Oh, my goodness. Should we just, like, get you coffee? No. (laughs) 
I think I'll I'll just stop being cheap and I'll just do it again tomorrow. Mm. So I'll just do it with water. Mm. Do you, you don't have any water over there, do you? I do. Oh, I can't fancy that. That's really good too. Oopa. Man, that's really um. You know what I think, too? dude? Good job with the catch. Fucking open the fingers up. Yeah. Your hands were even in the right, like, like the right spot, dude. That yep. was sick. Shout out to my cousin Eddie Zaragoza for teaching me how to catch a football. God damn, Eddie! An amazing <laughs> stack. An amazing stack would be just for taste. Honestly, you know how the Bub's MCT oil powder is. Um, I love how excited the semen gets about flavors. <laughs> no, nah, because it's 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 like all he, I don't know how the, he's getting. It's all about the just the 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 harmony. So that this is the way You're like fucking ratatouille. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> this is the way vanilla. We're the, lucky that you exercise. The, you would be nine hundred pounds. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I would be. Bro. Fill this jar all the way up, or oh, all the way up. Okay. The the thing is, this isn't even released yet. Right. Well, you don't have to fill it all the way up. Fill it up to the top of the sticker would be good. The caramel hydration. One day you guys will be able to try it. I'm trying to get it. Auto- no, everything's out. Everything. Oh, out. the caramel yeah, hydration yeah, yeah. released. Everything's out. Yeah, oh yeah. shit. Okay. Bad, so yeah. what is this? Wait, what? All so is this out. specifically salted caramel? Okay. Salted caramel. Yep. Salted caramel hydration and the Bub's MCT oil is flavorless and it like on its own. Mm-hmm. It's a really good. It tastes like a creamer. It has right. you know it has everything that MCT oil is having it. But you can mix it in here. Oh yeah. That would be. Yeah, the Bub's uh, MCT oil powder kind of takes that little bold, little bit of spike that you got like Mm -hmm. uh, in coffee Mm -hmm. that some people don't like. I mean, most people get, most people don't like black coffee because it's got that kind of pungent, little punch to it, you know? But the MCT oil powder from Bub's pulls that shit out of it. Makes it so smooth, though. That's, I put that MCT oil powder every single time now. Makes coffee smooth. Even if I have like, um, I'll, I'll do like heavy heavy whipping cream. I won't put like eight ounces like that. I did that one time and almost died. This tastes like candy. I gotta try this one. <laughs> it really does. Yep, it this really is, does. Are, are we selling these jars too? This is sick. Uh, just we only have the jars. I think in store for now. Mm. Is it for people to try it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, bro. Yeah, oh Ron Penna, oh, our boy Ron Penna. He gave us the challenge of. Uh, oh, that's so good. He said with the steak shake. He said, you know, your your biggest hurdle will be to figure out a way. He's like, I challenge you guys to figure out a unique way uh, to get people to try the product. And so that's when I, I came up with this idea of this mason jar. I thought that that would be just an interesting and different way. And then you have a, now you have a jar that you can keep at home and put fruit in or whatever the hell else drinks you want to put in it. But you put your weed in there. Put your weed stack in there. Put your weenie, weenie in there if you want. <laughs> Some oh, people might be able to get their wiener and their balls in there. Depending. Nailed it. Oh, dude. dude. This new studio. What the fuck? Dude. Miss. Holy shit. Was, <laughs> is, yeah. Did Steph Curry just walk in? What the fuck was that? That was perfect. I don't know. It was man. a line drive three-pointer with nothing but net. Nothing but net. Your man can't miss Normally, that. those are banked off the you know the backboard, <laughs> and it's like a luck shot, but that one was a, a, just a swoosher right there. <laughs> yeah, normally, he breaks the backboard. Hey, now. Dude. I do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, good shit. Yeah. Well, guys, check out with what's the website? It's just mm-hmm. markbellslingshot.com right oh, now. Yeah, okay. yeah. And oh, the company's so new, it doesn't even have a website. There you yeah. go. This is the first time I've been able to try this. Is the way because I only tried the I've only had the steak shake. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but this has been out for a minute. I just haven't been able to get my hands on it. <laughs> Wait until you try some other stuff we got coming down the pipeline too. Damn. We have uh, Keto Pro. Mm-hmm. Which that's just, mm. just mm. the keto mm. pro has been in the past. 
when there was more of it, I that was my best. That was the protein I liked the most. I don't know what you guys did with that one, Holy shit. but it just tasted really good. Maybe yeah. it's the fat that's in mm-hmm. it. But it's really, it's really good fucking protein. Yeah, you guys then, doing something else with it? Yeah, the new one ha- is going to have a avocado oil in it. It's not available yet. We avocado. Got it. Yeah, some avocado oil. And uh, yeah, it's just, uh, people are going to dig it. So I'm super excited when that comes out. But for now, we got, this is the way protein. We have vanilla. We have chocolate. Um, I actually mixed the vanilla in cottage cheese, which sounds weird, but I mix it in just regular cottage cheese. And I have it with some fruit pretty much every night. You can mix it in yogurt, mix mm-hmm. it in whatever you want to mix it in with just to get that extra protein. We also have, um, from the Within You brand, we have uh, the electrolytes. We got lemon, uh, blueberry flavor. And in addition to that, we have uh, this one that we're drinking right now, which is the salted caramel, so which good. I know you guys are going to absolutely love to put in your coffee. And I'm going to see if my boy over at Phil's will uh, let me have these packets in his coffee shop so he can dump it into some of the coffee that they That'd have because be I think it would be amazing. Yeah, so we'll we'll link everything down below, but also right, right now is a really, really good time to uh, make a bunch of purchases over at markbellslingshot.com because I don't know who's doing this, but somebody at markbellslingshot.com is giving away $10,000. Actually, maybe up to 15000 Yeah, see, I, I don't Damn. think Mark would have okayed this, but... I think so, Seema just threw an extra five I grand. Think he did. Second out of place nowhere. wins five thousand dollars. First place wins ten thousand dollars, and third place. Seema wins knows a lot about this. He yeah. might be trying to get in on this. What if I just magically <laughs> just made it up? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So for every dollar spent on Hold the website, the name out of the hat. I swear to God, <laughs> uh, I know. Huh? Every dollar spent on the website equals one entry. So fifty dollars equals fifty entries. Damn. So again, that's it's that simple. Just head over to markbowslingshot.com, Get some fucking supplements. Get a slingshot. Get some knee sleeves, get whatever you want, but just know that that's going to enter you into, um, you know, this uh, opportunity to win $10,000 freaking dollars. Holy shit. So, yeah, links to them down in the description as well as the podcast show notes. It sucks because I don't want to finish this. I'm the same fast. way, dude. This is like, really I good. Save some of it. For I just mixed wa- this, just water with the vanilla protein and then just a tiny bit of the salted caramel hydration, and it's fucking good. This is this is a home run. This is amazing. I this think is the way. The, the cool thing, though, <laughs> the cool thing is that you guys, like when when a lot of people do supplements, they just it's it's called white labeling. I just learned about it, but they legit just take something from another company mm-hmm. and slap their name on it and say, "I have a supplement line." You guys didn't white label anything. This is literally mm-hmm. because you guys have the ability to. This is literally all your like you guys. It's all specific ingredients that you guys have in there. Mm-hmm. It's your formula. There isn't other shit out there like this. Right. That's dope. Yeah, and it's, you know, I've I've loved protein shakes forever. I mean, I've been, you know, all the way back in the Myoplex days and Metrex days, and, like, those Metrics. things would, like, break my blender. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've utilized supplements over the years, been, been a huge fan of them for the, over the years, and I've actually publicly have said and i will continue to say that i don't think supplements do a whole lot for you even though now i have supplement brand i still believe that i still believe that things are about habits but if you look at the stuff that i've been trying to do over the years i've been trying to make things a little easier for people when it comes to the slingshot when it comes to the hip circle the knee sleeves all the products that we make that people see over at markbellslingshot.com it's to make exercise more comfortable to make it easier uh, why do I want to make it easier? Why do I want to make it more comfortable? Why well, I, I want it to be a habit that when you think about that habit, you're not like, oh man, 
I got to go do squats today. And now I know my knee is killing me. Mm-hmm. Um, and same thing with this. Like you're not really um, bummed out that you're on a diet. Nowadays, you can go with some of the within you products, uh, some of the whey protein that we have the with steak shake, which will be available again soon in vanilla, chocolate and salted caramel. And with some of the other products we have coming out, but you'll be able to go through your day. You might start your day off with a legendary pop tart Mm -hmm. and a coffee with some, with some bubs MCT oil powder in it. And maybe, uh, the uh, salted caramel hydration that we just used today. And then you make it through some of your day and you have uh, a steak, you know what I mean? And it's just, the day is not as hard. It's not as hard to do that, that diet that you, uh, have been trying to stay with. And then at night you have a sweet tooth and you have a vanilla protein shake and some fruit. Maybe you blend them all together. And Ooh. that's that's the way to end your mm-hmm. night. That's a, that's My brother's been doing that with, yeah. uh, I think, some yogurt and some, um, he's been using yogurt and uh, frozen like berries. Yeah. Because then the frozen berries kind of like, it acts as like ice and then it gels together and kind of makes a shake that's kind of thick. I really need to try that because at night I I still have like cravings for some Ben and Jerry's and shit. Like I still do. And I still sometimes have Ben and Jerry's. So (laughs) (laughs) that's why I love talking about this mindset stuff on this podcast so much and why I'm so passionate about it because my own mind is completely broken. Mm -hmm. It's completely like it's a wreck. You know, I need to, I need to mind it all the time. I need to pay attention to it all the time. And we're lucky to have people around us like Andrew Huberman. Yeah that um, points out that, you know, we had James Smith on the show as well with Novacind and and all the stuff that he shared with us. Really, really powerful stuff. But I like some of the stuff that's coming from Huberman because Huberman's like, hey, you might want to be careful thinking that you can only mind your mind with your mind. You're going <laughs> to have to go outside of it a little bit and figure out <laughs> some other strategies and techniques. Like, you know, so the body, mind, spirit have to be have to be strong. Mm -hmm. And while we can sit here and say, oh, that person's being lazy because they're not hitting the gym or whatever, we don't know that person's life experiences. We don't know. For all we know, they could have have a a clear, like clinical uh, medical issue that um, mentally that is uh, a hurdle for them. So we can say, hey, man, anxiety ain't no big deal. What's your... What's yeah. your problem? But but they might have, maybe they have some crazy dopamine. Uh, um, maybe they don't produce the same amount of dopamine. Maybe their body doesn't react the same way to dopamine. Maybe their body doesn't react the same way. And some of the st- studies that we're seeing, like the milkshake study and some of these things that we're seeing uh, that Andrew Huberman's doing a great job highlighting, it really opens up my mind and say, holy shit, man, like I think I've been misrepresenting what I've been trying to communicate about. And I, I hopefully over the years, I'm not making anybody feel worse about themselves. I'm working on trying to make people feel better about themselves. And I may have re- misrepresented because I just didn't know. I didn't have the knowledge that uh, some people are, um, I grew up with an amazing upbringing. I mention that all the time. Yeah. And, and I think it's foolish to not bring it up. So anytime I talk about anything that, somebody would uh, re- recognize as being successful in today's world that I've done, I'm always like, let me back you up a long way because I started off I started off to where I could think about stuff more. We're going to talk about play in a little bit. 
But man, how much play do you get an opportunity to think about if your life is threatened or if your life is on the line every day or you, you don't live in America? Mm-hmm. It's like, well, now fucking everything's way different. You live in a different country and um, maybe you don't have the same freedoms and stuff like that. So yeah, the last, the last decade or so has been a real mind fuck for me. And over the last two or three years, my mind's even gotten more uh, melted and more into uh, a lot of these discussions because I, I think it's unbelievable how much change that we can make. So mm. while I did say, hey, maybe I started off on the racetrack of life a little further ahead and I can recognize that. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I never had any control over that and get to choose my parents or where I grew up or anything. Actually, one a really interesting thing that I saw the other day, one of the major determining factors of your success is... Uh, environment your zip code <laughs> okay you know what i mean like that's mm-hmm. why that's, that's wild huge. so i can sit here and say these are the 10 things that i did mm-hmm. and like this is this is what makes you a, this is what makes you a winner in this world and it's like well that is a factor you know that people statistically can actually reference now there, there's always things to refute stuff right but that is a statistical thing where it's like, well, there's a lot of people from that same area that happen to be very successful too. So yes. anyway. Um, well, I know three guys out of Poughkeepsie. Poughkeepsie well, and, and there's, there's like that uh, in Pennsylvania, there's that area where like all those quarterbacks mm-hmm. came from, mm-hmm. you know, it's like Dan Marino and a bunch of other ones I think all came from the same spot. Anyway, None of that really matters because what's amazing and what we're going to talk about today is how much change you can have access to through some of the power of play that we saw Andrew Huberman talking about. Damn, I was chewing. Now, man, real quick, I want to I want to highlight something that you mentioned there because, you know, I have some friends that have clinical depression and I, I have a lot of conversations with them because I'm like I have a level of privilege too. Even though my mom was a single parent, um, I was brought up with massive levels of of pushing and belief. Um, but at the same time, depression is is for many people, like you mentioned, a chemical imbalance. And the only time where I even had inklings of that was when I was thirteen. I've talked about this at Oshkut Slaughter. Couldn't run, but I was able to get into the gym. And when I started working out, that went away because I had an outlet. Uh, but even so. When people like us, right, people are talking about, oh, I feel down or even some people feel depressed. And we talk about, you know, just change your habits, get sleep, get sunlight, get your nutrition, whatever. There are some people that do all of those things, but there's still that imbalance where like it doesn't matter. They like they have their health in check. They, they're, they're getting sleep. They're getting sunlight. They are exercising all of this. And they're still dealing with literal depression. They do need to get on medication. So just saying, change your outlook. That's not going to work for them. And I, 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 it's hard. Like, and when I have these conversations, I'm like, wow, I, I, even though I cannot understand the way you feel because like for me, all of these things help me not feel bad. I can see why that, like, I can see why that's necessary for you. So it, it's good that we understand that there's certain people who need extra, like, need to get on some type of medication. That shouldn't be something that's shameful. Um, that should be something that, you know, find those solutions because they're there. Um, and also, there are some people too that, you know, my mom was a civil engineer. Um, she put me in different programs for education, et cetera. And even though she was a single parent, 
she was a good single parent. So I feel like I have a level still of still is still mm-hmm. is. I have a level of privilege that I had a good parent there, but people who didn't or, or you know, it's going to be certain things might be a little bit harder in life. And then also right now, I did used to work a normal job in the past. Like I, I worked at a gym, you know, uh, personal training and selling personal training. And I remember what that lifestyle was like. But after I started doing this and when I started doing stuff online and now I'm doing this, certain things that we talk about, you know, certain things might be harder for some individuals because, you know, some people, you literally work a nine to five. Maybe you have a family or whatever, but then you got to go home. You mean at some point you got to find some time to work out. We understand that certain things that we talk about may be harder, but we're like, we've all been there. Like we've all been in those situations. So we know that you have to figure out a way to still implant these habits in your life so that you overall feel better because it's, it's, it's hard to say like, you know, if you're trying to figure out a way to work out more, if you're trying to figure out a way to get better nutrition, et cetera, we know that life, there's going to be certain things that make it harder, but you still have to figure out a way. So you have a better quality of life. You can't, as, as, as easy as to say from our perspective, but you, you can't let that be an excuse for really trying to take care of your health. Because you've been there in the past too. Mm-hmm. Like you, you, like you were a trainer. You worked as a, I think you were a PE teacher too at some point. Mm-hmm. Like yep. you know what it's like. And yeah, you're on the other side now, but that doesn't mean that you have to stop spreading that message. Yeah, I was coach at a high school. I was, uh, I was their strength coach. Um, so that kind of, acted like a PE teacher in some way, but I wasn't, I wasn't an actual PE teacher. I was a strength coach for pioneer football team in Woodland. And I, uh, was also the defensive line coach, but I mean, I learned a lot of great lessons, you know, in, in, in that, it was just to see like, uh, so many different kids and so many different types of personalities. And for Mm -hmm. one kid, all you had to do was kind of yell at them. For a couple kids, all he had to do is yell at them and say, hey, man, what are you doing? Or make fun of them. Be like, dude, that was like, that was a crap effort. That was, mm-hmm. are you serious? And then a couple other kids would laugh and then that kid would do better on the next drill. And you're like, dude, where was that before? Like, you know, you had that in you the whole time. Yeah. Meanwhile, if you said that to another kid, you know, they would Break tuck down. their tail and they would, their posture would change. And, and now they didn't even really want to participate. They didn't even really want to try. So you had to really... Uh, you had to really mind the way that you treated everybody uh, individually. What I think was really important about, you talk about your mother so much, I think was really important, it's a really important factor. And it's going to be interesting to see how you uh, end up parenting. But I, I would imagine that you are going to, you're going to want your child, you're going to probably push them in a good way uh, towards some form of education because I think that education and I'm not talking about school necessarily. This is where I think people get tripped up a little bit. Mm -hmm. You're going to want your child most likely to find an interest that they can maybe become, maybe they can get themselves to a point where they're kind of like a material expert in some way in that field, whether it be personal training, whether they're an art teacher, whether they love to play music uh, maybe it's a foreign language or who, who knows what the heck it might be. Uh, maybe they're into athletics cause you're a, a stud. Um, you know, who, who knows what it will be, but most likely you'll probably push some of that. And that's with my own children. 
it's not about school, and I don't care if they go to college necessarily. Mm. Um, but like, let's say that Jake starts to have a particular interest. Well, I would say, hey, why don't you go to the junior college and go pick up a couple classes in editing or whatever, or in photography? Like, what's the harm in that? And then that also becomes a form of like play. It's like, who who really cares about the grade that you get? Yeah, go in there and kick some ass and take some pictures and have some fun and like, no. I don't, it doesn't matter if you graduate, you know, cause it's, it's about, it's about figuring out and learning stuff and being able to digest stuff that you're going to actually be able to apply to your own life. That's what wisdom is. Wisdom is the ability to take knowledge and to actually have application with it. Mm-hmm. You know, guys, Andrew Huberman's podcast is amazing. He has a lot of great episodes, but I got to say these past few have been bangers. Um, this episode that we're talking about in terms of the power of play that we've been referencing on the pod, on this podcast, we've talked a lot about like doing things new as an adult or doing new things as an adult, you know, getting into a new hobby, getting into a new um, sport, whatever it is. Even when we had Susan on the show. Yes. Like, like everyone laughs and like we, we make jokes about it because sex stuff is kind of funny. Right. But at the same time, it's like, well, shit, why not? Like if Mm -hmm. both people are willing to try something new, maybe we'll end up with a cool new experience. Exactly. And that's, that's a big thing right there. Cause there were a lot of comments on the Susan episode (laughs) of like guys in the comments, like, look at these dudes taking sex advice from a woman or, or whatever. Like, like, oh, I guess you guys don't know what you're doing. But none of us come into any situation like the person that knows it all. Mm Right. We're all trying to learn new things because we have a belief that there are other people who may know things that we don't know and we want to implement that knowledge. So white belt mentality. That's how we tackle it. I have no embarrassment about coming up to somebody and saying, I don't know. That's perfectly fucking okay. Parts are kind of confusing. Hey, <laughs> you know what? I had a <laughs> I, hey, yo, I was having a conversation with my girlfriend the other day, and she was watching Sex in the City, right? And on this episode of Sex in the City, the the joke was there's this guy who um he the the woman that he was having sex with continuously was continuing to fake orgasm, and she finally told him that I've been faking the oh. orgasm this whole time, and the guy was like, oh, what, what? And she's like, and he's like, I've never not been able to please woman, but she was like, hmm. <laughs> and then in his head he was like what have they been all been faking it so then he was like all right well start teaching me so she's like you know you think you're licking the clitoris right <laughs> you're about four inches off so i talked to my girl i'm like jeez let me ask you a question <laughs> is that really a thing do 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 a lot of guys can can they not find the clit she's like it's real like there are a lot of people out here that don't know where that is. So this is the thing. Like you can't go into these situations thinking you know it all. You got to be open to taking advice from other people. That would help if women just got a little testosterone, so it's easier to find that. <laughs> it just <laughs> grows, right? <laughs> Make it a little longer for us. <laughs> Have that thing pop. <laughs> Tell hey. them how they can get a discount hey, on Mary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, I mean, might as well. Yeah. So. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, th- they can take care of a woman's testosterone needs if, oh, if, yeah. if, if needed. Susan mentioned she uses it. Yeah, 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 yeah. it's true. Yeah, she, and she's super, I mean, <laughs> she's, I don't, I don't remember how old she was, but. 60 or 61. And she is. She's now, good she's looking for a 60 year old, man. In amazing she's shape. She's exercising, full yeah. of tons of energy. So if that's something you want to, you know, I don't get checked out if you're, if you're a lady of the show, uh, head over to MerrickHealth.com. That's M 
M-A-R-E-K-Health.com. And at checkout, enter promo code POWERPROJECT10 to save 10% off your labs. And if you don't know where to start, uh, you guys can always chat with them even hop on the phone with them. And when it comes to paying for some of the recommended labs, you can just verbally tell them or, you know, tell them through chat uh, Power Project 10 and they will uh, apply the discount at checkout. Uh, links to them down in the description as well as the podcast show notes. Yeah. Parents listening to this show. Um, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're sorry that we're so gross. Yeah, we are. But parents that are listening to this show, I think one of the number one words as a as a parent is just the word encouragement. You know, mm. try to figure out ways to encourage and do your best to not discourage on anything. Like rather than rather than saying, Hey, video games are bad or you play that way too much, you're on your phone way too much, you're on your tablet way too much, provide them with, with other options and and repeatedly say, I would like to see you do this a little bit more. Like this would be important if you started to put some more of your time into this rather than like focusing. I don't like that you're spending all this time over here on this. You're just going to get a negative response. They're not going to come through. They're not going to want to follow through on that. So do your best to uh, encourage rather than discourage. And whenever you can encourage them to just do something, just to play. I mean, when there's, when they're six and they're seven years old and they, they say they want an iPad and you're like, well, okay, I, last time I looked, iPad's pretty expensive. Rather than say, no, you'll never get an iPad or no, like we don't have money for that. Mm-hmm. You can maybe start to try to make some sense of it with them and say, that's great. You want to get an iPad. Let's talk about ways that you can work towards that. Let's talk about things that you can do towards that, right? And then- now now maybe their mind starts to open up a bit and they can start to think of ways that they can make money. Maybe you can present them with some options. Say, hey, you know that we need a lot of help with the dishes. Like you see both of us all the time folding laundry. Like we could use some help with that. We could use some help with some chores around that. Whatever the things are. Well, now the kid maybe starts to develop a bunch of ideas and the, or the kids uh, maybe more entrepreneur driven and the kids like makes a bunch of stickers or something that you help them with and they sell it to their aunts, their uncles, their friends or, mm. or whomever it is like, like present them with some opportunity so that their minds can continue to grow. Don't stifle that. When they say the weird things that makes everybody laugh and all that stuff, that's great. Laugh, but encourage it even further. Say, I wonder how we can actually turn that idea of you wanting to own an ice cream truck into something that's real. Cause why not own an ice cream truck when you're 12? Yeah. And then the other thing, like when it comes to like, Parents, we we all know like oh our kids probably should be exercising more. They shouldn't be playing video games mm. all the time. But what you can't do is go outside, go play, go exercise, and then sit back and start playing on your phone because you just got mad at them for being on their phone. Mm-hmm. It's like whatever you say ha- holds significantly less weight if you're not also participating in. It. Mm-hmm. So you can talk the talk, but unless you're walking the walk, it really doesn't matter what you say because they're just going to be like. Well, this fucking guy's not doing it. Why do I have to? Now it's punishment. Whereas we're talking about play. Go fucking play basketball with them. Go, I don't know, do whatever it is. But yeah, if if, if you're not setting an example, like, good luck. 
I have a question for both of you guys real quick because you're mentioning encouraging your children or give, you know, giving them, um, you know, not just discouraging, encouraging them. And then you mentioned like, don't like set a good example, but how about like educating them on the reasons why they might want to do something? Cause I like when I think about sometimes when I was a kid, I was told I wasn't, maybe I was told I couldn't do something, but I was never really told the reason why. Mm. And like, for example, for me with porn, I was never told like I, when, once it was found out that I was watching porn because <laughs> my fucking uncle saw my search history and told oh, my no. mom, Oh God, uncle. like, yeah, I was just told you shouldn't do it, you know, and the religious context behind of it, but they didn't actually know how it affected the brain or yeah. whatever. I learned about that when I was 17. And when I learned about that with the reasoning and the effects, and I saw the effects. I was like, oh, God damn, I really need to figure something out. That's when I made the switch. When I when I looked up the forms and saw the the scientific changes it was making. Mm. Right. So I was like, damn, if somebody kind of educated me a little bit on that, gave, gave me real reasons. And even to this day, if you just say you shouldn't do something, I'm going to be like, the fuck? Mm. But if you literally educate me a little bit or I, I learn why or the, the important things, that's when I make changes, even when I was a kid. So I'm thinking, I don't think there are a lot of parents that really tell their children, this is why you don't want to do this, or this is why you do want to do this. Think about this. I was just talking to a friend about this. Alcoholism runs in her family. So she's scared that when she has a child, how do you teach a child that in the future, you might not want to drink as much as your friends because this ruins the family. And for myself, there, there are certain things that run in my family that I'm going to have to tell my kid, you may not want to try psychedelics until this point because this mm-hmm. could potentially happen. Mm-hmm. Got to educate them, right? Yeah. Um, I'll go first because I, I would like to hear what Mark has to say and it'll probably be a, a, a more applicable uh, answer. But like for me with my daughter, Jasmine, she's 13, trying to get her to exercise more. It's It's been tough because, you know, we're, we're losing the battle right now because she's she's a healthy kid you know like um she she can drop down into like a ben patrick like uh <laughs> like fully oh, yeah, flat on the ground yeah stuff, super yeah. bendy very so, thin yeah and so like what the only thing that i can do is i can just give her examples of like what happened to me i'm just like hey you know that thing when you drop down to your knees and stuff i'm like i used to be able to do stuff like that and then one day i sat down and i never got up mm-hmm. i was like because i got really into video games i stopped playing sports mm-hmm. i stopped running around with friends and that's all I did. And now what? You know, I have back pain. Like that's all because I sit down a lot. That's because I used to sleep in a lot, like, or not sleep in a lot. That's because I used to kind of just lounge around and not really go outside the house. So like, I'm, I'm trying to find the right ways to be like, you're, you're going to lose your vitality. Like you're not going to be able to like drop down on the floor like that. You're not going to be able to just get up and start running. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I, I have to find the right wording, but I'm like, you know, we're, we're basically turning into jello when we sit down all day long. Mm. I was like, imagine not being able to just get up and run. Like, whatever, for whatever reason, you know, you might not ever have to get up and run, th- you know, hopefully. But, you know, at some point, like, you're going to want to get up and move and you're going to be like, oh, wait, I don't remember that hurting. And now it does hurt. Or jumping. Imagine how weird jumping is for a lot of people. They it's, can't just. Dude, for for me right now, like, if, if I, like, you know, we have a little step right here walking into the studio. If I'm not paying attention and I fall off that, it's like, oh, shit, like, it hurts. Mm. So, like, little things like that is like, 
like, like, babe, like you don't want to be like this, but it's just, it's hard for me to also not be like, oh, if you don't move, you're going to get fat. You're going to like, you know, I can't get that far. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm trying to, to get the right verbiage so that way it sticks. And I'm also not being so negative that it goes the complete opposite. And she's just like, well, well fuck it. Like, it doesn't matter anyways. I'm just, I'm rather going to, I'd rather have fun, you know, playing Roblox or whatever, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So in, in my case, uh, I just give her very uh, succinct and very um, just 100% proof of what happened to me and how I got here mm-hmm. because that's what I do know. And it's proof. I can tell her like, hey, after eighth grade, I just got really into video games. Yeah. And I didn't start lifting till 27. Mm. Like, so in that time period, my body broke down and I am still trying to recover 10 years later. Mm. So if you don't want to have to deal with that, we're going to go out on walks. We're going to hit the gym and we're going to do these things. We're going to run around and play. But also she knows that like every time that we have her go do like a CrossFit class, her mom is right next to her every single time. She's, we're never like, you're doing this and we'll pick you up in half an hour. Yeah. We're always there with her. I think uh, you hit, you hit the nail on the head with a lot of that stuff um, because you're, you're able to like show her, you know, examples that are in her life. Um, I think that that's important too. Without judgment on other family members and other people that are around, I think it's important that you you point out the things that are good about some of the people in the family, and then you point out some of the flaws as well. Mm. Not again, not from a place of judgment, but you say, "Hey, your aunt so and so, like she she doesn't she doesn't eat properly. She doesn't she doesn't move. She didn't never learn the skill set of exercise, and there you know, and as a result." she's a lot heavier than she'd like to be. Mm. She's in a, also in a lot of pain. Like she's not only is she not only is she heavier and she has to battle that every day, but she she doesn't feel well. Like she's she's kind of sick. She doesn't she can't do the stuff that she used to do when she was young as you're kind of pointing out. Mm. You won't be able to have access to being mm. able to do a lot of these things. I think you know, educating your children has a lot to do with time and it has a lot to do with showing them. And I think because of the time factor, it's like, it's a nuisance. Mm. Um, let's, let's say like you just sat down and you got yourself some food and you're going to watch your favorite show. You just settle in. And what does your puppy do? Your puppy scratches at the door, wants to be let out. And you're just like, fuck that uh, every time. You know? <laughs> your your kids they always have that timing like you and your wife you know you're fired up like things <laughs> things just hit for a particular reason at a particular time at some part of the day and then all of a sudden when your kids comes knocking on the door or they just barge right in or whatever you know and my son is one years old and he knows for a fact every single time yeah. that it's gonna go down he's just like oh, oh uh, <laughs> it's my, my spider sense hold <laughs> on let me wake up I need to be the only little baby running around here. I'm going to put a stop to this shit right now. Yeah, yeah. Fuck, dude, again. How does he know? But yeah, you're right. The timing sucks. <laughs> oh, my yeah. God. So there's the time factor of like sometimes you got to stop and then you – sometimes you're like – sometimes a kid will do something uh, that will really uh, – you'll, you'll get pissed. Like you'll be like, shit, like I can't believe they did that. I talked to them yesterday about this. <laughs> mm-hmm. And the day before, and they did the same thing to their cousin three weeks ago. Like, why did they push him down the ground or like whatever the thing is, right? Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, you're right. But your best option is to get down on their level, lower your voice, 
Take your time. That way there's an explanation. And you can say, hey, uh, this has happened like for the last three weeks. Is there a miscommunication? Like, am I not am I not describing this well enough to you? Like, why? You got my attention. Mm-hmm. What do you need? What can I help you with? I hear you now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, you hurt your sister again or <laughs> you hurt your brother again. Like, what's... <laughs> What the hell's going on in your world? Can you describe this to me? You know? Yeah. And sometimes it's even such a pain in the ass that when you do that and you do take that time to do that, they cry, they get real upset. Now they're like, now they're sad. They let you down. And you're like, okay, we're going to talk about this more later. Mm. Go back to doing, you know, whatever it was you were doing. Five hours later, you go into their room and you talk to them about it. I don't know. I don't talk about it. You know, <laughs> well, we, 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 we have to talk about it. Yeah. Like we don't, we don't do things that way in this family. We, we need to address this because I don't want to see it happen again. You know, so you have to time and time again, you have to com- continue to communicate about it. And in my life, I'm very fortunate where there's really good examples in the family to kind of point to. My son was bringing up this thing about Jeff Bezos. Uh, Jeff Bezos uh, has this yacht. <laughs> and oh, all yeah. these people uh, in uh, – all these Dutch people are going to – I guess they're lining up and throwing eggs at it. I don't know if it's happened yet or if they're prepared to do that. I'm not sure what the deal is. But they're prepared to do that because they're going to take out a bridge – that is a historical bridge. They're doing this so that his yacht can go through, right? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And so, like, who's this billionaire, you know, trillionaire, whatever the hell the guy is, uh, asshole, you know, with this boat, basically, you know, doing, what are they doing to our uh, our property or whatever? So, me and Jake got talking about, you know, whether Jeff Bezos is an asshole or, uh, and so then we talked about Elon Musk a bit, then we talked about The Rock a little bit, and we're, like, not sure. It's hard to say, like, uh Anyway, my whole point in in all this is that I said, Jake, one of your heroes in your life right now is your grandfather, right? And he's like, yep. And I said, the attributes that your grandfather has, those are not attributes that would be highlighted by society. Those are not attributes that are going to put my dad up on a pedestal like The Rock, like Jeff Bezos, like Elon Musk. Mm. Those guys are not up on a pedestal because they're kind-hearted, because they always find a way to smile, because they always find a way to turn things. In. My dad is the ultimate at turning things into play. He's the ultimate at that. He, he'll figure out all kinds of fun and weird shit to do with uh, my kids and my uh, nieces and nephews and stuff like that. He loves that kind of stuff. But those are not things, those aren't attributes that are like, overly appealing to you know what what's appealing to the general population is uh people being um oh what's the word uh people being narcissistic really like say that again he's what uh i was gonna say like one one of the attributes that is kind of applauded is people being narcissistic in some way Mm. or people being selfish in some way and i'm not saying that I'm not saying that any of those people are that particular way, but it probably does take a certain degree of some of those things in order to be those kind of people. And it doesn't mean that they're self-centered to the point where they don't take care of the people around. I'm not saying any of that. I'm just saying that 
the attributes from somebody like my dad is the attributes that are in your mom, their attributes in your family members. These are the things, this is like the backbone of, of America in a lot of ways. This is the backbone of our society, but it's not something that people just being faithful, Mm. people just being married for 20 years, 40 years, 50 years. Yes. Other married people will say, wow, that's sick. That's dope. But you're not going to have a hundred million followers on Instagram because you dated the same woman your entire life. (laughs) You know what I mean? They're going to call you a simp. Yeah. (laughs) But Dan Blazarian will get, he'll get all got people like that will get all the attention. So it's, it's just a really, it's a really interesting thing on, on who we get kind of, uh, I don't know who comes across our eyeline because of whatever thing they worked on forever. But anyway, I, I think the the key with children is to have a lot of explanation. There does need to be education behind everything. You do have to have a lot of good explanations and explain shit as much as you possibly can so that they know the real reasons behind what they're doing and what they shouldn't be doing. And like, you know, what you guys were mentioning, I think a, a big thing because the, the essence of what Huberman was talking about in the, the episode, you know what, you, should we just pull some up real quick? Sure. Uh, just give me one of the, uh, let's, the stamps that you would like. Let's go to the part of the episode, I think it was like the 30-something, the 3217, The Power of Playful Mindset. And, you know, we'll just, we'll just let him talk about it a bit. Y'all should just go listen to the whole episode at some point, too. Um, but we'll, we'll highlight some of the parts of this episode that I think we, you, guys will, you guys will appreciate. So before I continue, I just want to point to a tool that anyone can use, but in particular, the less playful of the group. And I would put myself into this category. And I'm not somebody who really engages in spontaneous play. Uh, I enjoy sports. I enjoy exercise. But that it is doesn't normally talk this fast. Sorry, no, I yeah. take pretty seriously. They're not low stakes for me. I put actually I put a lot of importance on them. As I'm saying all this, I probably should put a little less importance on them and have a little more fun with those. And yet, what I'm about to tell you is that anyone and everyone can benefit from engaging in a bit more of this playful mindset. The playful mindset is not necessarily about smiling and jumping around or being silly. It's not it at all. It's not the Tigger character uh, from Winnie the Pooh necessarily. It could be, but it's really about allowing yourself to expand the number of outcomes that you're willing to entertain and to think Mm. about how you relate to those different outcomes. So what this means is putting yourself into scenarios where you might not be the top performer, right? Playing a game that you're not really that good at. I had this experience recently. I have friends that like to play cards. They like to do some low stakes gambling. This is not an illegal gambling ring. They play for trivial things. And I generally don't. (laughs) I like the disclaimer. I generally don't play. He always does that. Always does that. But in the mode of assuming a more playful spirit, the idea would be, well, if the stakes are low enough, than to play simply for the sake of playing because there's something to learn there about the other people in the group and about oneself and how one reacts to things like someone who's um, clearly trying to take everybody's money or somebody who is uh, clearly trying to um, cheat or somebody who's clearly very, very rigid about every last detail, including how the cards are dealt and shuffled, right? There is learning in this exploration and that is, at a biological level, the prefrontal cortex starting to entertain different possibilities, starting to entertain different outcomes in this low stakes way. And if you think about it, that's not something that we allow ourselves to do very often. Even if we listen to new forms of music or uh, we go see new art or new movies, those are new experiences, but that's not us making new predictions about what's going to happen next. It's not the brain working to figure out new possibilities. And so you can immediately see how just a small 
increase in your willingness to put yourself into conditions where you don't understand all the rules perhaps, or you're not super proficient at something, but you enter it because it is low stakes and because there is information to learn about yourself and others could start to open up these prefrontal cortex circuits. And when I say open up, I don't mean that literally there's an opening in your skull. What I mean is that your prefrontal cortex can work in very rigid ways, meaning if A, then B. If I go down this street, turn left and go that way to work, it is fast. If I go down the other street, it's slow. If there's a traffic jam there, I'm going to go there. But it's starting to explore different possibilities. And there are very, very few opportunities in life to explore contingencies in this low stakes way such that it engages neuroplasticity of the prefrontal cortex. So play is powerful at making your prefrontal cortex more plastic, more able to change in response to experience, but not just during the period of play, but in all scenarios. Because you get one prefrontal cortex, you don't get a prefrontal cortex just for play. You get a prefrontal cortex that engages in everything. So going forward, I will layer on some more okay. concrete aspects of tools. But for now, if... And later on, there's one more part of the episode we'll play, Andrew, after we talk about this, but mm-hmm. it's at an hour and three seconds. Um, but like right there... That that's a really big deal because, like he mentioned, um, as an adult, there's not many. If instances- you're somebody that doesn't consider, sorry. Oh, you're good. There's not many instances you put yourself in where you're doing something new, where you're doing something novel. At a certain point of this episode, he also mentioned that, you know, if you're someone who's been playing basketball since you were five and now you're playing it as an adult, that doesn't necessarily help with neuroplasticity. Neuroplasticity being your ability to do and learn new things as an adult. Um, but getting to something totally novel, right, and learning and being at the bottom, like when I started jujitsu as an adult, um, or like even you, there are certain new things that you've been doing. Um, those things will really open up your ability. It, it's not specifically your ability to learn that thing, but it opens up your ability to learn in general new mm-hmm. things as an adult because there's so many people, and I've heard this from so many people that are like, yeah, when you get to an adult, people don't really change. That's who you are. This is a stark contrast to that belief, and it's concrete. It shows that if you do put yourself in situations that are new and novel, you then open up your ability to learn new things and become a new person as an adult. If something like jujitsu didn't have so many components of like these puzzle pieces fitting together, and if it didn't have uh, so much value in problem solving like over and over again problem solving with people trying to get you in these different holds Mm -hmm. you experimenting with different escapes if it was just about just taking people out in the streets like you wouldn't do it like you you know most people wouldn't care just to have that knowledge and i think originally when it came to martial arts um you know self-defense those kinds of things i think that's the way that people used to view it Mm -hmm. but you don't understand like what you can learn off of throwing a few punches at a heavy bag. I mean, there's a lot to be learned. Uh, even more so, there's a lot to be learned if you push yourself really hard in something. If you do three rounds of a heavy bag and uh, during your minute interval rest, you're jumping rope, that's going to explore your your mind in some ways that you like may not have tapped into before. Mm-hmm. So I think there's uh, there's there's so much more that we can learn from just giving something a shot just like you know you don't i'm not like uh running just because it might be good for my heart i'm not running just because it might be good for my lungs i like some of the challenge of it but so much more is coming along with it i'm gaining new experiences i'm thinking of new things i'm thinking in different ways one way that you can explore some of these things that he's mentioning without even necessarily doing anything is just to think a little differently. You know, I, I always thought the Apple campaign of think different is probably the, in my opinion, the greatest, um, the greatest like saying of all time. If you're to think about 
a certain situation that you might be in, think about like the exact opposite. Think about the exact opposite and walk yourself through that for a minute. Mm. Let's say somebody cheated on you. (laughs) Flip it over and think if you cheated on them and then the perspective of that other person, right? And it could be anything. Could it just hurt somebody in a relationship? You could have said something weird that you shouldn't have said and you can kind of think about it that way or just put yourself in someone else's shoes. Come from somebody else's perspective. It, these are all things that are free to do. That doesn't co- like this literally doesn't cost you anything. He's talking about how there's some cost to on your way to work, you know, just t- just randomly taking a left. Like you would never do that because you're like trying to get your ass to work on time. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is a what you can jog your brain in all kinds of different places. I can sit here and think about. I wonder what it's like to work in the warehouse here. You know, I wonder what that job is like. Even when it comes to entrepreneurship and running a business and um, I, let's just say uh, with the supplement line that I'm starting, maybe there's no way to order individual products at all. Mm. Maybe the only way you can be part of uh, the Within You brand is to ha- be, it's all subscription-based. Maybe I don't sell any of it on Amazon. Maybe it's only on Amazon. Um, maybe it's only sold in stores. Like mm. you start to think maybe maybe not necessarily always opposite, but just start to throw a lot of different things uh, and start to literally play around with it. Imagine yeah. if you sit down and we're going to have a podcast meeting and you just thought, how much fun would this be, right? If If the first thing I said is, all right, guys, let's think of the worst fucking podcast that we could ever do. And that would spawn stuff in reverse rather than like usually our focus and usually we kind of get, even though we don't take it super serious, we are serious about this. We do want it to work well. And so we might be kind of grinding it out, flexing our hands and, and gritting our teeth and thinking like, I want to get the most out of these podcasts. I want to do the best podcasts that we can. I want to get the best guests that we can. Mm-hmm. What if we just kind of relaxed and went the other way and said, let's just make the worst fucking content mm-hmm. anyone's ever seen. But it will give you a lot of ideas uh, into things that could be amazing. Absolutely. And, and you know, I think this is a, the, a, a specific example is we had, we had Ben Patrick here this past week. We made a lot of content with him. Um, but... When he was showing some things with squatting, you grabbed a band, you put it around the squat rack, and you started squatting. And this is interesting. The band has really good mobility. Ben is also really good at regressing movements. But you came up with something that he's adding to his system that is a type of squat that allow people to activate their BMOs and get into a deep squatting position. Though people who typically wouldn't be able to do it. And it's also a movement that's extremely effective for people who already can get there. It's, and it's very simple. You just put a band on a squat rack. I don't think we even came up, have, we, have you come up with a name for it yet? Oh, the teardrop squat. Yeah, teardrop squat. It's mm-hmm. called the teardrop squat, right? Um, but you tinkered with like, oh, I wonder about this. And I wonder about this. And I wonder about this. And you came up with a movement that it, it's, it's, it's a big adjustment to his programming and to what he's going to show people. And it's super fucking effective. Um, so that's, I think you're a good example of an individual who you're in your forties, but you, because you do so many new things and your mindsets, you think kind of like a kid mm-hmm. and that's not a bad thing. I think we all want to keep that childlike mindset of trying new things and doing new things and experimenting because it allows you to 
open up new avenues of 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 discovery and and do new shit and this is that literally just happened and that movement by the way guys the teardrop squat that we're showing on the screen right now watch that video if you do try that thing out the the level of activation that you get into your vmos which is your teardrop muscle is insane it is insane that thing fucked us up we got pretty sore from doing a lot of yeah yeah i was i was walking around cramping all night it was crazy. The uh, discovery part of what you just said is is uh, is amazing. You know, think about if our ancestors didn't have that discovery in their in their body. You know, mm-hmm. they didn't want to. I mean, look, you're you're looking into the ocean and you're like, mm-hmm. I don't see any other land, so <laughs> I ain't going out on that ship. You know, but you you go out in the ship and you're like, let's just fucking see what happens. <laughs> I mean, back then shit sucks so bad that that didn't seem like that bad of an option probably. Mm-hmm. And there was probably other people that would come back on a ship and they'd say, Hey, we found, you know, cool shit over here or we found more food over here or, or whatever. And then mm-hmm. you go out, but there was people, you know, years ago as people were uh, migrating towards the West in, um, they they thought like once they got to like the Mississippi River, they thought it was like way too dangerous. They're like, don't don't fucking go past. There's no reason. There's nothing out there. That's what they that's what they thought. There's mm-hmm. nothing out there, and there happened to be fucking gold. <laughs> there happened to be literal gold in California. You know, so who knows what you'll find? Who knows what you haven't found yet? Just because you're not willing to explore, you're too scared, which is understandable. There's shit like we talked earlier about like singing. Like for me to get up in front of people and sing or dance would be like nuts. But I guess, you know, amongst the right people, I guess I, I guess I would probably uh, do it. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting to even explore that. Like, why wouldn't you do it? Mm-hmm. Like, if you if you don't typically dance, then who's expecting you to be great at it? Yeah. Why not just have fun with it? <laughs> um, if you don't typically sing out loud, I don't think anybody's going to assume that you're going to be able to really belt something beautiful, right? Absolutely. Um, Andrew, do you think you can go to the hour mark? Mm -hmm. This, I think this is the last part of the episode that we'll, we'll show, but it's, it's a pretty, it's a pretty cool part. And I raise this because another one of the top 10 questions I get is how can I keep my brain young? How can I continue to learn? How can I get better in school and sport and life and relationships, et cetera, emotionally, cognitively and on and on and on. And Yes, there are supplements that can support neuroplasticity. Yes, there are brain games and apps that can support neuroplasticity. But if you really want to engage in neuroplasticity at any age, what you need to do is return to the same sorts of practices and tools that your nervous system naturally used throughout development and that evolved over hundreds of thousands of years to trigger this thing that we call neuroplasticity. And the reason this is so important is because it starts to move us away from what some people call hacks. I define hacks as using one thing for a different purpose to kind of get a shortcut. I don't really like the term, frankly, and I don't like it because it's not grounded in any biological mechanism. But when we look at play, we can say play is the portal to plasticity. Play at every stage of life is the way in which we learn the rules for that stage of life. And play is the way in which we were able to test how we might function in the real world context. So play is powerful. And we could even say that play is the most powerful portal to plasticity. The reason for that is that, yes, this high opioid, low epinephrine or adrenaline state is what opens up play. But then inside of the arena of play, when the prefrontal cortex is running all these different possibilities in this low stakes way, but with some degree of focus, There are a number of other chemicals that are deployed, things like brain-derived neurotrophic factor and other growth factors that actually trigger the rewiring of brain circuits that allow for it to expand, and indeed, that's what is neuroplasticity. If you're interested in those chemicals and the kind of arena of things that happen when one engages in neuroplasticity, there's a vast literature out there. But one of the um, more popular books that I think is quite good is from my friend and colleague John Rady, who's a psychiatrist at Harvard Medical School. That's R-A-T-E-Y. He wrote the book Spark um, a few years back, and I think it's still very relevant. And John talks about 
uh, the important role that play exerts in the neuroplasticity process and points to a number of different protocols that one can engage in. He also points to the importance of navigating new environments to not just go on the same hike every week or take the same walk, but actually get into new novel environments. So you're starting to sense a theme here. There's novelty, um, exploring contingencies, keeping the stakes relatively low, et cetera, et cetera. But these really are the gates to this holy grail that we call neuroplasticity. Neuroplasticity, as I've talked about in the podcast before, is a two-step process. It involves focusing very intensely or at least focusing somewhat on whatever it is that one is trying to learn and then engaging in deep rest ideally deep sleep in the following nights. And I've also talked about the benefits mm-hmm. of things like naps and yoga nidra, so-called NSDR, non-sleep deep rest, for enhancing or accelerating plasticity. You can check out the episodes on focus at hubermanlab.com or the episodes on how to learn faster that detail all those. We had a newsletter uh, that lists out all the uh, tools for neuroplasticity, enhancing neuroplasticity. All that is available zero cost to you at hubermanlab.com, uh, et cetera. You can just download um, that information. But John's book, that newsletter, those episodes, they really point to this two-step process where it's focus and then rest, focus and then rest. And play is its own unique form of focus and then rest focus and rest. It's not the same as learning something for sake of school or critically trying to learn a motor behavior for sake of sport. It's really about expanding the number of things that you could learn down the line. Okay. So said once again, so I just want to make sure it's abundantly clear. Play is about establishing a broader framework within which you can learn new things. It's not about learning some specific thing. It's not about the game you happen to be playing. It's not about the dollhouse that the kids are playing with so that they can become amazing dollhouse players when they grow up, right? The dirt clod war that I referred to earlier, uh, for better or for worse, uh, was not about becoming the best dirt clod thrower um, or winning the trophy for dirt clods in the neighborhood, although we actually had a trophy for the best dirt clod team. Um, alas, it was not my amazing. Team but the, the point is that you're learning rules and establishing a broader foundation of practices that then you can learn more things within that context. Thus far, I've tried to convince okay. you through a comment. So a lot of cool stuff there. Yeah. And uh, I, I think I think the coolest thing and when I was listening to this episode, guys, I know there are people in the audience that are like, and Seema, shut the fuck up about jujitsu. But I got to mention this because I, I think it's it's really cool. Like, you know, when I started that as an adult. I really sucked at it. It was really bad. I was getting beat up by people half my size. But there were so many different things within the martial art and so many variable types of movements that every single time I went, things were novel. Things were new. And every single time I go now, there's things that my teacher Cassio is showing um, or Julian or Dan, and those things are novel and they're new. And there's so many different movements within the martial art and so many different body types. Like I could spar with a guy that looks like Mark. Then I could spar with a guy that's built like Andrew. Then I can spar with a guy that's like 6'6", 280. And I have to approach all of these things differently. But a thing that Andrew mentioned, Andrew Huberman mentioned within the podcast is low stakes. When I approach training, I approach training as fun. Like I'm not like, okay, I'm, I got to be everyone's ass today. I'm going to do this same thing every single time. I approach it as like, oh, I want to try this. I want to try this. And I wonder what happens if I do this. It's playful. And sometimes I find myself, I find myself sparring with somebody. We get a position and we're laughing about like what we're doing. And it's very, it's, it's literally adult play. Um, and I've noticed that as I've been doing that, it has helped me being open to other things. And to what Andrew was mentioning, a wonderful thing is like, for example, your wife is doing CrossFit with your daughter, right? And there's probably aspects of it where they're sitting there doing their thing and they're having fun. If we can find things as an adults, physical activities that maybe we can do with our children. I know everyone, some people have limited time here and there, but maybe you could do it with your kid. That will allow you to continue to keep that childlike mind and, and do new things. But then you're with your kid doing this thing too, playing, having fun. So that, that could be something like I, I see a lot of adults that have their kids do jujitsu. I'm like, that makes a lot of sense because ju- like jujitsu is, it's like grappling, it's wrestling, mm. right? We all used to wrestle as kids or fucking tumbling around, but now you're just doing adult tumbling. That's what it is. You know yeah. what I mean? And, and that's super sick. And you've pointed out before that like jujitsu is not necessarily like inherent, like 
you'd be like, Mark, uh, actually roll to your right. And I'd be like, huh? And But that would be the way out, you know, because mm. it doesn't make any sense a lot of times. Uh-uh. But if you're just to tell people, yeah, just kind of wrestle around. Like everyone kind of has a, a, a sense of some of that. And when I went to jujitsu class a handful of times, they were just like at the, towards the end of class, they're like, you're not going to really learn any further for today because like you've been at it for two hours and like your brain's going to melt at a certain yeah. point. You can only learn so much of this shit. Yeah. Uh, and, and then it starts to kind of like regress and you got to come back and so forth. So they were like, just kind of wrestle around a bit. So in doing that towards the end, that's when you start to go, oh, that's, oh shit. Okay. I popped into the position they were just talking about earlier, mm-hmm. but I actually just kind of popped into it from something they showed me two weeks ago. Yeah. That and a lot. Yeah. And you're like, ah, oh, shit. Like that's pretty, that's pretty amazing. I think one of the biggest issues when it comes to something like play is even the very definition of it. Like, cause I, as I was listening to the Andrew Huberman stuff, I looked it up and it says to engage in activity uh, for enjoyment and recreation rather than a serious, uh, rather than a serious practical purpose. Mm. And I think that, I think that that's a little bit of a mistake. Like, I think that it's okay to kind of, to start out thinking that there's not much purpose to this. I think that's where you want to start out. I think that probably is the definition of play. Low stakes. But it ends up having a high purpose at the end. Like it ends up being very purposeful. It ends up being very intentional. Like you you were setting out to do something and fuck, man, you discovered something amazing. So it does, to, to try to think that something doesn't have a purpose makes you think as an adult, like I don't have time for that. Mm-hmm. Like if you were to like, hey, this, you know, when you, you fuck around, it doesn't have a purpose. But messing around, dicking around as I always call it. <laughs> it can have a really uh, a, a big purpose a lot of times. Yeah, and it's something that I usually recommend for like um, upcoming photographers, I guess I'll put it, you know, when it comes to working for free, you know, I'll be like, yeah, volunteer and do it for free, but take it serious. But also, you know, if you accept payment, then you have a lot of pressure on you and it's not play anymore mm-hmm. because you're now, you know, exchanging money for services. You are now a, a paid photographer versus if you do it for free, you know, you're, you're still playing, um, you're still going to get the experience, but you are playing and you're going to have fun with it. And there's no expectations because if they get mad, you'd be like, well, fuck, I, I didn't charge you anything. So you can use play in, in a, in a way to like advance your career. Yeah. You know what we were talking about, uh, you guys remember when John Berardi from precision nutrition came Absolutely. onto the show and talked about how I think he was wanting to learn gymnastics and how to do like a front flip or something that gymnastics is another thing that I think an adult can do. And I, I don't think it can get, I don't think it even gets in the way of your, your fitness because not many of us know how to do a flip. Not many of us know how to do gymnastic type movements. I think at some points they also have people jumping on trampolines. Mm. I could see an adult going and doing some adult gymnastics stuff and then also taking their kids to go do some gymnastics stuff too. Mm. That's another thing. That's another activity that I think could actually meld well to help you learn different types of ways to have move your body in terms of your body weight, but then also enjoy that with your child. Another thing that you, if you do have children, you can link that together. And it's beneficial, it's low stakes, it's novel, and it's new, and it can spur that neuroplasticity that he's talking about within this episode. Some like drills you might do for sports would be like butt kicks. You know, you're like jogging and, and you're kicking your own butt with your heels, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you might do high knees where you bring the knees up and you chop. Uh, you might do kind of like a basketball slide, like 
going to your left, going to your right. You might do all these drills. Well, a kid, kids are smart enough to understand, like, they wouldn't really want to work out because they're smart enough to kind of see. They think it's really fucking boring. Yeah. And uh, Jim Wendler wrote the famous article, Boring But Big. And it talked about the repeated effort, how important that is. But that is really boring to do like 10 sets of three and use the same weight the whole time and to mm-hmm. do everything the same. Like when you're lifting, especially uh, the more the higher the skill of the lift or the larger the amount of weight, uh, the more locked in you have to be to have your form be identical and look the same every single time. Mm-hmm. How bo- Like it's really, really boring. A five by five, five sets of five with 225 pounds. Three seconds on the way down, three seconds on the way up. Like, it's excruciating. Like, you don't want to do any of that. What people will often do, people that do some strength training, is they'll try to have kids, young kids do that. And then you get into the whole argument of whether weights are bad for kids and stuff. But it's not any of that that I think is all that detrimental to kids. I think what you're doing, though, is you're ruining their creativity and ruining some of their ability to really think And you would be better off saying, hey, uh, let's do those drills, the high knees, the butt kicks. Let's see how fast you can do them against your friends. Now I'm talking about kids that are like 10 years old. They start to get older and they have testosterone in their body. They're 18, 19 years old and they go try to sprint out of nowhere. They're going to hurt themselves. <laughs> but young, younger kids, they should still be playing. And hey, can you jump up on this box? Oh, that box is too high. Let's try a little bit lower one. Yeah. Um, can you, in midair, can you fucking turn around as you're jumping up? Mm-hmm. Like they would be pumped to do that. But how many times are they going to be pumped to do that? A couple times. Then you got to find them some other shit. It, mm. it takes a lot of energy to keep up with that style of mind uh, because it's always thinking, it's always searching, and it's always seeking for new new things. Yeah, exactly. And that's the same thing. Like, for example, you know, a lot of people, when they talk about like bodybuilding and training, there's, I think I can also understand why like now people like, like drop sets or mm-hmm. like doing multiple supersets with different types of load, even though from potentially a training standpoint, you could just keep the same rep and set, like rep and set mm-hmm. scheme through a workout for certain movements and you'd get the same and decent results. It is much more fun to do a drop set or a, a pyramid set of a certain movement because of the variability, because of the change, because of the potential intensity, keeping rest time shorter. It's more fun and enjoyable and it's a little bit more playful. Mm-hmm. Like it, it maybe doesn't happen to every aspect of play that we're talking about, but it's not as rigid right? You're not told like, yeah, you had, you do have the outcome of gaining muscle or whatever, but it's not totally focused on getting the sudden rep scheme and getting the certain amount of volume. It allows a little bit of freedom and a little bit of play. And if anything, I'd say, let's try to inject a little bit of play into the things that we're doing. Like when we work out in the gym, we got the go to stuff that you guys are adding. You know, we got the knees over toes stuff that's being added. There's so many different things that are novel to us. You know what I mean? Like I wasn't doing Nordic hamstring curls and fucking split squats mm-hmm. and all these things last year. And when I added those in, I was like, God dang, this is fun. I'm discovering new things about my body. This is a different type of sensation. Novel stimulus creates positive change. And then having confidence in those things. Yeah. You know, I have a lot of confidence with trying stuff because I've gotten great feedback from it. But I don't have confidence all around in everything. I don't have more confidence than everybody in everything. Mm-hmm. If we were to do something physically and someone showed it to us, I would probably be a little hesitant. You would be like, I think I, I can do that. You might even say, I can do that better. Like mm. you could, you, you might in your own head say, 
man, I bet if I worked on that for a few weeks, I could make that look cooler than what that guy is able to do. Because you know your athletic prowess, you're you're aware of it. And so I think a lot of things are going, a lot of great things are going to happen from like messing around and trying new things. But one of the ultimate things that's going to happen is you're going to have more confidence. I mean, confidence is such a huge, a huge part of everything. Having there's really nothing that can replace it. Mm. And the body is really smart and the brain is really smart. We know whether we actually have that confidence or not. You, yeah. It's it's hard to, it's kind of a hard thing to, uh, it's a really difficult thing to fake. You have to kind of have it from had doing something. Mm-hmm. I think a cool thing though um, that all of us have here, and I think it's something that a lot of people in the audience, like you guys have it too, is we we don't have an ego about things when it comes to the gym. Like if we're not really good at something, we're not immediately shying away from it. A lot of times what happens is if you try something and it doesn't click immediately or you're not really that good at it, you're like, that's, that's, uh, that's not for me, <laughs> right? But when we have people that come and they're giving us new things, that's a new stimulus and maybe it's movements that were not useful, we're like, oh, wow. I suck at this. Okay, let's 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 mm. let's train this. Let's get better at this. Let's implement this. Right? Let's see the progress. We we struggled at just crawling when the Goda guys were here. <laughs> yeah. It's like how stupid is this? But it's like, yeah, it was completely new. It's mm-hmm. something that we never thought about. And yeah, and what what it showed me, especially with like the wall sits, is just like wow. Like, what do you mean I can't do a wall sit right now? You know, like this this is pathetic. But it it didn't bring me down it just kind of like opened my eyes to be like wow i got i have a lot of um areas i need to be working on and and just having consideration mm-hmm. whereas before it's like no dude just squat bench dead <laughs> the, yeah. yeah the movement that they showed us like to get into our hips and stuff our haunches um, yeah i i'm able to get into my left hip way better than than before and it's starting to finally like open up and then when i'm walking like there's all these things that I've like lost that I didn't even like know. I mean, in my eyes, I'm pretty aware of that. As in like, you didn't realize you lost it? Yeah, I didn't okay. even, I didn't really, I knew that certain things were, were maybe being plucked away here and there, but I didn't really know the, t- to what degree. And when I walk, um, I walk with pretty short steps, but like I always kind of thought like, well, I probably walk, walk with short steps because I'm tight and I'm sore from certain workouts and stuff like that. But come to find out, I'm kind of favoring my left hip a little bit. I don't want to open up my stride at all because when I do, I get a little pull. So the body's really smart. The body's like, dude, don't want to just take shorter steps. Like that's an easier route, right? How often is the easiest route the right route, right? It's, it's, it never is. So now that I've been getting into that hip a little bit more, I can walk with uh, kind of broader steps. And by facing my feet in the direction that I'm doing and by – starting to have some like actual locomotion to my walk where I'm moving my shoulders, which I was again, wasn't even hardly aware that those were barely moving. Now I have like a stride. Now I can walk way faster than I was walking before with no pain, but all these things were kind of, they were taken away over like a long period of time. So I didn't, it wasn't like one day I woke up and I was like, Oh, I got these short choppy steps when I walk and my hip, you know, my hip is really tight. So it took a lot of, it took me a lot to mess around with a lot of these things to, to discover all this. 
You know, and, and that's because, again, you're open to doing new things. And by doing new things, you're discovering new things. And what Andrew mentioned, there are a lot of people who are like, ooh, just, just squat bench, like <laughs> squat bench deadlift. But this is the thing. There's nothing wrong with squat bench or deadlift. But I see these comments all the time when we have individuals that come onto the podcast and talk about potentially new shit. There's always the guy who has like, why are you guys trying to reinvent the wheel? You know, we know that if you just squat, you build big legs. Why are you trying to do new shit? Just do bench press. We'll give you a big chest. We don't need all this new shit. Selling snake oil all the time. Selling snake oil with these new workouts. We've seen Tom Platt's history. It's history. We've seen it work. Like it's so fucking close minded. Like all you want to do is stay comfortable because you're good at something. And I get it. I understand it because there it's, it's human nature to seek comfort. It's human nature to stay with what you're good at. It's That's what you want to do. It's not comfortable trying something and not being good at it. But like Mark just mentioned, it'll allow you to find out things that maybe you didn't know you lost. Mm-hmm. Maybe you didn't realize that. Exactly. He was mentioning you. You don't you don't walk evenly on one side or now you lack hip extension. Like, wow, you fix that by trying something new. I wonder what else you can fix in your body. I wonder how much better you can feel. By trying new things. You know, this month, like one of the things that I'm working on is like not lifting. Mm. You know, because the go-to guys came and they were like, ah, we don't expect you guys to change everything that you're doing. Um, but I'm like, you know what? Why not change everything that I'm doing? Mm-hmm. I, it's not like it's not like I still can't deadlift something heavy if I felt like it. It's not like I still can't build up my squat or my bench. Like I'm... I'm very confident that if I just wanted to turn around and I wanted to work on those things, I could build those things back up to similar amounts I've lifted before. And who knows how much further I could, I could go or whatever, but I'd have to, the commitment I have to make to go back to being, uh, the same person I was and to have a lot of the same attributes that I did. I I don't want to do any of that. I've, I feel like I've graduated to do some other things, but Mm. I, I want to work on being able to run faster. I want to be able to work on being able to move better. And I don't think taking a, a hiatus off of some of these lifts, I don't think it's going to really show up negatively in my physique or anything. I, and if it does, I'll just go back to implementing some more lifting again. But it's also like I'm not completely abandoning all lifting. I'm still going to do some arms and some shoulders and some chest and some back, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But it, the my, main thing is I'm just pulling the sled, which will should hold keep muscle mass on you. Yeah. I'm doing a lot of these go-to exercises, doing some of the stuff that Kelly Sturrett mentioned when he was here, and mm-hmm. just taking all that stuff, uh, knees over toes, obviously, to doing a lot of that stuff and taking that a little bit more seriously and pushing on that because those are those are workouts, you know, as, especially when you're not as used to them. Real, I wanted to uh, mention this is the thing. A lot of guy, a lot of people think, oh wow, if I if I move away from doing my deadlifts or a heavy deadlifts or squatting, I'm going to lose that ability. You might get a little bit weaker, but as long as you're doing some level of training volume and activity, that's not going to go away. It's only if you go and you're sitting on the couch now for weeks and you come back into the gym, your your body's going to be weaker because there's this guy, his name on Instagram is Every Goddamn Dre. He's the kettlebell. He's this uh, guy that walk, works with kettlebells. He's jacked, but all he does is work with kettlebells. He can still just go into the gym and deadlift 600, even though the max kettlebells he's working with is like one something. Because of that explosion and still using weights and still having diversity of movement, he's still able to go up to a barbell and deadlift heavy. And then if he really wanted to progress it, he could probably get to 650, 700, et cetera. 
just because you stop lifting super heavy doesn't mean you lose the ability to, right? Andre Milanichev rebuilding his mm-hmm. squat right now. He, like you, you were mentioning, he's he's incrementally building it up, but he hasn't lost that ability because Andre has still kept active, doing a few other things in the gym. So just because we're doing all these new things. We're getting different types of levels of movement within our bodies. All of us are now moving better mm-hmm. and with less pain. And I guarantee that if any of us chose to go back and train to start lifting heavy, we would probably be able to move even better loads because we move like better humans. It's uh, You're just gaining access. And one of the things Huberman pointed out was that you're um, – when you are in a growth mindset, your mind has the ability to grow even more. So the more open-minded you can be and the more that you practice some of this stuff, yeah, the guy, this Jesus. guy is going, I would eat shit movement. so many times. It's it looks beautiful. Yeah, inside, looks inside ankle bones high the whole time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, people that are trying to, you know, improve and get better on stuff, I mean, keep that in mind that when you stay open-minded and you have a, an open mind in as many different aspects of your life that you possibly can do it Mm -hmm. it's not always easy to manage you're going to find yourself sometimes where uh you get thrown off a bit and you're like why am i you're like shit i'm kind of thrown off in this one area but the more open-minded that you can be it's going to continue to encourage your your mind to continue to grow Mm. and it reminds me a little bit of strength like we were saying with andre milanachev he has access to that strength. He has access to uncommon strength because he has already built it. And so he can lean back towards that direction anytime he wants and be very, very strong. So that's kind of what we're talking about here is, you know, develop some of these skill sets, work on them. And once you work on them and once you develop them and once they're pretty good, why not just explore some other stuff? Mm-hmm. Look into some other things. There is a time to sit in the pocket and to continue to get better yeah. and better and better and better at the thing it is that you're working on, like a Ronnie Coleman who said he did the same back workout. Ronnie Coleman had the most legendary back. Said he did the same back workout for 30 years. Mm-hmm. Now, you got to keep in mind, he didn't mean he literally did the same exact back workout for 30 years. Um, because there would be changes to it. He might change exercises a bit. He mm. might change rep and set schemes a bit in accordance to the weights that he used. Like the, those 800-pound deadlifts that he did, for example, mm-hmm. those 765 uh, squats that he did, he didn't do those every week. So while he's, his point is is that he did a lot of bent over rows, he did a lot of squats, he did a lot of deadlifts, he did them over and over and over again for many, many, many years, but there was still some changes going on within all that. But he also, over a period of time, found the shit that felt right to him. And once it felt right to him, he stuck with it for a really long time. And he was able to get that measure of increase in those weights, which also helped kind of trickle down into uh, the fucking massive back and hamstrings and legendary physique that that guy had. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it just, it fits. Hopefully, uh, maybe I will read the whole whole thing, but um, from James Clear, mm. uh, the greatest threat to success is not failure, but boredom. Uh, we get bored with habits because they stop delighting us. The outcome becomes expected. And as our habits become ordinary, we start derailing our progress to seek novelty. Perhaps this is why we get caught up in ne- the never ending cycle, jumping from one workout to the next, one diet to the next, one business idea to the next. As soon as we experience the slightest dip in motivation, we begin seeking new strategy, mm-hmm. 
even if the old one was still working. So maybe Ronnie Coleman did have the exact same <laughs> squat workout, but he was able to fight through the boredom that none of us would have been able to it's endure. It's a key element of, of bodybuilding mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because it's the same. What's, you know, what's the technique to get ready for the show? The same exact goddamn <laughs> technique I did for the last show, except for maybe a couple more weeks piled onto it. That's why, honestly, I had to find something else. Like, I mean, I, I really liked bodybuilding when I was competing in it, but in, in my mind, I'm like, well, I mean, I know what it's going to take for me to get to the next levels to potentially win first as the ultra heavyweight or, or like in the heavyweight um, bracket, in the heavyweight, you know, division. weight division. Yeah. Um, but it's all the same. I'm going to be doing the same thing year after year after year, like the same movements. I'm just going to be getting strong. I'm going to be getting bigger. And although that's cool, I wanted to really learn something new. You know what I mean? I wanted to use my body in different ways. So that's why I had to switch it up a little bit. Um, but I want to mention something from that Huberman episode. And Huberman mentioned that there's not really a lot of uh, research that's been done into this. But mm. in animals, he mentioned that animals that play for a long time, meaning they play for all their lives, have more plastic brains than animals that don't. Meaning that these these are animals that can... They're not, they're not rigid. They're not super rigid in terms of the things that they can do. And, and truly, you see this in adults. When you've found a way of that living. That makes sense. A, a shark versus a dolphin. Like It's clear that dolphins, they seem like they play a lot. Mm-hmm. Sharks don't seem like they fuck around much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that, that, so uptight. <laughs> but that yields to, like, to people. If, if you're an individual who, as an adult, you don't play much, or you don't do really new things, you're going to be very rigid. And that falls in line when people are saying, as an adult, people don't really change. They are the way they are. I hear that so much. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't have to be the case if you expose yourself to new routines, new habits, new exercise stressors, new games, etc. Keep doing new shit and you will be able to be a person that can learn more in general for the rest of your life. That's there's, exciting. I think there's even more to discuss on this, and we'll probably have it for some future shows because there's a, a lot, a lot more stuff to even dive into. But I think there's a a type of genius that happens when people uh, when people really explore what they're capable of doing mm. and what they don't believe they're currently capable of doing. <laughs> Um, we, we all know, like we got certain capacity for certain things, but when you start to work towards gaining new capacity at something new mm. or different, it's like, that's really special. Like I, it's my belief that everyone has like divinity within them, a, a godlike feature. And I know it sounds a little weird, but I, I do think that if you, if you just pay attention and you just open your eyes and on your drive home today from work, you look at the bridges and the skyscrapers and things that have been built around us, the modern technology, the fact that you can flip a switch and all of a sudden the lights are on, the fact that you can have cold and hot water going right into your shower. I mean, <laughs> that's, that's from like human will, you know, and I think that there's, there's nothing stronger than that. I want to kind of finish with this quote. It's one of my favorite quotes, and it's, uh, it goes like this. <laughs> Genius which often dazzles mortal eyes is nothing more than perseverance in disguise. So it's just somebody's ability to have will in sticking with something for long enough. You can look at it and say, this person's so great. Oh my God, they're so great. Mm -hmm. But they just did this thing like, like Casio doesn't think he's great. Mm -mm. 
but he's fucking great. Yeah. He's dope at jujitsu, right? Like yeah. he's admired by thousands upon thousands of people. And uh, he he enrages his opponents that get it, get it, get their ass kicked by him every single year, right? Mm-hmm. And it's he would just say, "That's just, but it's just what I've been doing. I've been doing it since I was a kid. Mm-hmm. I stuck with it for a really long time, and I love it. And so, I think there's a I think there's a lot to be gained from just the the ability to to stick to something for a long time. But you're not going to be able to stick with it if you find it boring. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have to find a way to have some play intervention within all of this and to make it fun. I mean, uh, a great example is uh, Anderson Silva, like when he was on top. Yeah. Just toying with people. (laughs) People are like, it looks like, and he got caught. He got caught playing and he got knocked out that way. But so what? He's also like one of the fucking greatest of all time, right? Mm -hmm. Take us on out of here, Andrew. I was trying to remember because now I'm getting books crossed I'm not sure if it's in range or atomic habits, but in regards to, you know, doing it for a long period of time, you kind of get more out of it for just doing it as opposed to doing it over and over and over. Mm. Uh, So the simplest way I can put it, like, let's say you practice a new thing for an hour today. Mm -hmm. uh, You actually get more benefit with that one hour than if you were to do it Tuesday, Thursday, Friday for 45 minutes total. Mm. Even though you Mm. got the reps in, it seems that, getting more time under tension I'll say is where you actually get a little bit more benefit out of it. You know, a funny thing is that in his episode, he mentioned that his suggestion is an hour a week of play. Yeah. I get to play more per week, but I mean, that was the suggestion. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get out of here. So thank you everybody for checking out today's episode. Uh, Please like today's video and drop us a comment on uh, anything you found um, fascinating and a huge shout out. And thank you to Merrick health. Uh, Again, uh, americhealth.com and uh, use promo code powerproject10 to save 10% off your uh, entire purchase of labs or order of labs and uh, again uh, go enter this $10,000 giveaway at markbellslingshot.com uh, all you have to do is just buy a bunch of shit uh, so go buy some within you uh, supplements because um, they taste amazing they are high, high quality products and uh, they won't let you down uh, and again every dollar you spend it gives you an entry into winning the, this $10,000 uh, please follow the podcast at Mark Bell's Power Project on Instagram at MB Power Project on TikTok and Twitter. My Instagram and Twitter is at I am Andrew Z and Seema. Where can people find you? Andrew probably already mentioned it, but in the description box below, everyone we work with is there. So check them out um, and comment down below what you guys are thinking. Like, what forms of play do you guys think you're already doing, or what forms of play are you going to add in or try to mm-hmm. add into your life? Because we want you guys to really take action and start doing some shit because it's helping us. So we know it's going to help you too. Yeah. Adult play sounds like fun. It sounds like. <laughs> Sex is adult play. Hey now. Hey now. <laughs> I see my ending on Instagram and YouTube. I didn't see any ending on TikTok and Twitter, Mark. Be careful who you're playing around with, too. You know, like if I if I'm gonna like punch someone in the arm, like it's not gonna be in SEMA. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? I'm gonna punch someone in the arm, I'll size them up first and say, Okay, I think if, if whatever rebuttal they have this punch in the arm or this playful thing. Yeah, you wouldn't yeah, punch Josh Settledge either though, huh? No, no, he, no, no, no. That, that dude fuck well, us up. <laughs> Josh would get me in an arm bar as my arm's in the air. He's like, what? And I'd be like, well, I, but I was just, oh, I was like, oh, my arm's broken. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, Settlegate. Strength is never weak this week. This is uh, never strength. I'm Mark Smelly Bell. Catch you guys later. Bye. <laughs>